Okay, well, God bless you for being here this evening. Let's go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 6. And, uh, Jeremy came up. He said, Mark chapter 6. And I thought, oh, no. And he said, 16. And I went, oh, okay. I was about to scramble through my Bible and pull, find another message. It's always your, it's always your dread that, that the guy before you is going to preach from the same text. And then, uh, and then you have to decide how you're going to handle that. Whether you're just going to say, well, I think the Holy Spirit just wants us to nail down on this one a bit tonight. Or whether you, 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 know, you flick it aside. Uh, we'll read uh, in just a moment from verse number 32. Uh, I know that you'll know the passage. I just want to be, uh, express my thanks for our church I'm sitting here again tonight. And I'm very thankful for our church. I'm thankful for the fact that we still have missions and that, you know, you come out. And uh, I hope right up till Jesus comes we're doing this. I hope that we will not, uh, you know, will not grow weary of well-doing uh, or will not get lukewarm either. Uh, you know, and just sort of hope we'll keep doing it. Uh, I love our church. Uh, as uh, one of the missionaries that now is out of Good Shepherd, I just want to say that when I'm back here, I find the church strengthens me. And that really means it, it's needful because you often come back quite weakened. And you don't, you're not sitting up in Thailand in services like this. You're, you're not hearing songs like this. Uh, you don't get to hear preaching that, that we hear here. And so, you know, the church really strengthens me. And I, I'm so glad. Uh, many times I, I, I drive past at night. I mean, you know, I'll be in the area, I'll come by. Uh, often I'll drive the property. It's me. If you see the lights going through the night, that's probably me. And, um, and I just, I'm just grateful for what the church uh, has been to me in terms of just strengthening me and I'm can, can you imagine if we'd gone to the field and uh, you know in a few years there was just a sort of a progressive unraveling and uh, you know and it's not unheard of and then you come back to somewhere you don't recognize anymore and they don't use the same bible that they were using when you left and and uh, you know it's all changed and and you know that just be sad and difficult when you're already in a foreign place trying to do the work of God. But that, that hasn't been the case here. Uh, the church has been very consistent in uh, preaching the same truths as we should uh, and, and, and putting emphasis on the, on the right things. I remember I, I'm, I was sitting there tonight thinking, I'm so glad that God led me here many, many years ago. And I was here as a member before I was the pastor. Uh, well, I think I was on the, maybe I wasn't on the members, I think I, think I was. I, I know I sat here, I was at least a member in attendance if I wasn't on the roll. I, I may have been on the roll. But, uh, you know, I'm thankful that I got led to be here. And I'm also thankful I stayed. Uh, there were times as pastor that I drove around through the night saying, God, you know, am I done here? Like, I, I don't know I can handle this stress or this situation and, and I remember driving through Redcliffe at night, you know, alone, saying, you know, just feeling discouraged. And, and it'll be in the face of opposition and things that were going on. And, and uh, people probably think you're bulletproof when you're up here and that nothing bothers you, but, but things do. And uh, I'm glad I stayed. I'm glad I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't let something like that uh, stop me from being here. And I'm glad I've, I'm glad I've stayed for the, you know, the last... You know, I'm just glad I'm still here because the church has meant such a lot. And uh, also, you know, just the warmth of the people here. When we, when we come back, we always feel welcomed. Uh, we don't feel people are staring at us or, or what, are you, what are they doing here? Or, you know, we feel like you're back with family and everybody's just glad to see you and, and we're just glad you're here. And, and uh, that really helps us to do what we do uh, in another place. And I, and, that, and I tell others, you know, if you're going to go out of your local church, you, you preserve your relationship with your local church. It's really important. You need your local church. So thank you. Thanks for being out tonight for, uh, for the flags going up and uh, just for the, the care. Uh, many of you uh, sacrifice already 
uh, to missions with your mission giving. And, uh, and that's just a measure of who you are. Uh, kind of salt of the earth Christians who just uh, believe in doing right and you don't sort of spruik about it or make a big deal, you just do it. And uh, that's, a, that's a statement of your maturity. That's the kind of Christian that I know that many of you are. And uh, you just quietly do it, you sacrifice, you, you, know, you don't draw attention to yourself. Uh, and God bless you for that. And may I say God does bless you for that. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't know how much you've helped a family in another place. Uh, God sends that back on your kids. God blesses your family. You, you don't know the people who were put together in another place who, who were, you know, horrendously unravelling without Christ. But because of your sacrifice and sending someone to another place, those people got saved. God put their life back together. And, you know, you've been a, you, that's because of what you do. And I think the blessing of that comes back. And I think it comes back on the church and it comes back on your family. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think anybody's doing it easy. But even the financial blessing, the way that God preserves us, can I at least say that much? It's not easy, but we're preserved. Um, you know, does the proverb say, he's yet to see, a, 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 I'm paraphrasing, a believer begging for bread. You know, it's not, God does take care of his own. And uh, we're thankful for that. So God bless you. Thanks for being here. You, I can see you're a bit tired. I was looking around and, and I know it's Friday night. And I suppose it could be an all-night prayer meeting and then you'd be here, but you'd be praying as well. So that's even harder, right? If you had to, you're actually praying, but you can just sit for, for a while, and, and, and I'll be quick. Uh, you say, you always say that, but no, I, I really try. I really try. Okay, so let's do a reading, and then we'll stay where we are, and let me give you an exhortation uh, with a missions emphasis uh, from a passage you know already. Uh, Mark 6, verse 32, uh, and they departed into a desert place by ship privately, and the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred pennyworth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them, and the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes, and they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Well, you, you, uh, you know the story, you've you know, read it many times, it wouldn't be I think a kid's Sunday school class that wouldn't have this in it somewhere. Uh, I remember reading it for the first time because uh, I didn't, well, I wish I did, but I didn't grow up in church. So I can remember the first time I read it and I remember reading it not knowing what was coming. And sometimes that's refreshing. Uh, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and our familiarity robs us of what God uh, would be trying to give us from a certain passage in the Bible. So you have to guard against that and uh, you have to be careful that familiarity is, is one of the great vulnerabilities of Christian people. 
because over-familiarity with something can sometimes mean that we do not uh, or we, we, uh, we, we diminish in our appreciation of its value because it just seems familiar to us. Uh, but, uh, and then, of course, that which you don't value, you can lose. And we, There's just some things in our life we don't want to get sort of familiar to the point of missing out on what that thing is meant to be for us. Certainly our church would be in that category too. But I remember reading it, and, and, and it's important to remember that if you were present on the day, uh, if you were present on the day where this happened, uh, what would have the day started out, at least the joint gathering, uh, there was a teaching sort of preaching time. And, uh, and what, what happened in the miracle sort of came after that. And it was, it was at actually the latter end of that that the other happened. But what preceded that, I'm sure, was a great amount of teaching. And I've found that, uh, as uh, I've found anywhere, that when the Word of God goes out and the Spirit of God uh, takes that Word and ministers it to hearts, it often prepares the way for the miraculous to happen. Uh, Lives get changed in church. Uh, Lives get changed uh, under the preaching Uh, and under the teaching of the Word of God. And that happens the world over. It's kind of like when we get under the Word of God, and I'm going to miss the church when the church age is over. Uh, I'm I'm sure of the, uh, uh, the, uh, what will come ahead in heaven uh, will will be more wonderful. And, uh, but but this has been a special time. Uh, where, where we get together and God gets in our midst. And this happens all over the world. And the Holy Spirit, uh, who himself is God, uh, comes down. And, and just miraculous things happen in church. Uh, I've seen people get things fixed and right. Uh, I've seen people get healed in church. It's okay to say that. Uh, I've seen people uh, who couldn't get help anywhere else Uh, here in a church service, God tell them what they need to do to get this thing fixed or the steps or or maybe God reveals what the true problem is. A lot of miraculous things happen in church. And so there was the teaching and nobody knew what was going to happen here. Uh, There wasn't an expectation of of all this going on. But I just want you to, to just see a contrasting somewhat uh, a contrasting perspective uh, of uh, these people uh, from the disciples and from Jesus, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, make light of them, or, 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 or I don't want to say they weren't spiritual. Uh, they didn't know what was about to happen, and they just responded. I think. I think how we all can respond. Uh, but you see two different views here. Uh, of a large amount of people. And we're told that there are a lot of people. And in fairness to the disciples, they had already been doing ministry and uh, they were supposed to be on a break. And you know what it's like when someone calls you on your day off. Uh, Or worse, you know, just arrives for the whole day. And uh, so they were supposed to be having time away uh, and uh, it didn't work out that way. All the people sort of ran ahead of them and, uh, you know, how many people, you had good intentions for your day off, but it just never quite got there. And so they were tired, and there's a certain amount of tolerance there. You know, we can, we can see that. But there's just some great lessons here. Uh, the Bible tells us that this great assembly of people, uh, much people, uh, many, uh, at least uh, 5,000 men and, and whoever else was with them, it was a pretty big crowd, uh, that they, uh, they had come, it was, a, it was a desert place, meaning that uh, it gave the appearance of being, uh, not having the resources that you would think you need for a crowd of people. Uh, this wasn't a stadium with port hired and, and uh, you know, canteens up the back and uh, the coffee cart over, you know, on the right-hand side and you could go up, slip out during a sermon, get a pie or a hot dog or something. None of that was there, and uh, we don't even know that there was a lot of water. I suppose there was, 
But, uh, but, you know, there was lacking in resources. Jesus had compassion on them. And uh, the passage stands out to me to, to remind me, Jesus, I need to be like you. I, I, when, I look at, when I look at, when I see people, uh, I, need to, I need to approach it how you would approach it. I need to, I need to have a burden for that. And I'm, I, I believe somewhat God has given me that. Uh, I, I'm often moved at the sight of people. Uh, I'm, I'm often find myself looking at things that others aren't looking at, though we're looking in the same direction. Uh, I see people in need. Um, I, you know, I, 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 uh, every time I fly into uh, Bangkok or really any city, recently Sydney, uh, any time I fly into any city, I, I try to look out the window and you know, others are trying to catch the last five minutes of the sixth movie they've watched on that flight uh, before it lands and they have to hand in their headphones. But uh, I'd rather look out the window and I'm just amazed at the number of people. You know, it's just, and I often think uh, there's so many. There's just, just so many. Uh, I look out the window at Bangkok and I, as, we, as we land and I, you know, I can recognise now uh, from above what things probably are. I can see apartment buildings. I can see temple grounds. Uh, you know, I can see, uh, uh, you know, entertainment districts and housing and all of that. And I just look at there's so many, there's so many people. There's so much need. Uh, there's so many people around the world. And I think the disciples were recognizing that. And uh, somebody perhaps uh, in verse 35 made the suggestion that uh, it was time uh, as it was the uh, end of the day and uh, the Bible says uh, the time, uh, now the time is far past, uh, the day being far spent in the first part of verse 35. Somebody made the suggestion that uh, Jesus should be approached. And, uh, you know, I don't know how that all worked, but, but maybe they waited. You know, they were patient and they had waited and it's, now it's getting on the end of the day. And, uh, and uh, they're thinking, look, we have all these people and uh, we, an obvious problem is going to arise. You know, the, I'm all for preaching and I'm all for teaching. God knows I'm for it. But, uh, you know, it's enough's enough. We're at the end of the day now. And, uh, and Jesus... Uh, you know, perhaps you haven't noticed, the sun is uh, starting to set, and uh, we've been talking, and I guess what we're really trying to say, just tell him, I just think what we're really trying to say is just say it, send them away. That's what they said. And uh, that was their response to, to an overwhelming amount of people. Now, uh, we, 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 uh, we probably wouldn't say send them away, uh, but we've developed an ability to mentally send them away. And we've developed an ability to, to put this away from me, to not, to not give it too much thought, to, to not, not dwell too much. Oh, I think that's regretful. Uh, I, I, I think the people of God should be more moved uh, about people than they are, knowing the condition that people are in, and knowing where people go if they die in their sins. And that's your friends. And that's the people you hang out with. And uh, that's the people you work with. And I'm not saying that uh, if you just sort of change your attitude, that all gets saved tomorrow. But I am saying that you should not be dismissive of the reality uh, that they they are in a slippery place, and uh, there is there at any time uh, they they could go to eternity, and if they go lost in their sins as they presently are, uh, then there's no hope for them. So I, I want to have the attitude that Jesus had. I understand the disciples being overwhelmed by the numbers. Uh, we've got to be careful that the numbers around the world don't overwhelm us. Uh, one of the ways that you can make it hard for someone to see something is to either just put very little of it somewhere, that can be hard to see, or put an overwhelming amount of it somewhere and then people stop looking anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
uh, either little that you can't really find or so many that it doesn't mean anything anymore. And we've got to the place where there's just, there are overwhelming numbers. There's, there's uh, 70 million people uh, in Thailand, just uh, where I am, and you know, missionaries always start with their own field. There's 70 million people where, where we are. There's, uh, uh, of those people, 95% uh, would be, uh, they would identify as being Buddhist, uh, and just really were born that way, as their parents were as their grandparents were, as back as long as they can remember. Joe truthfully says in his testimony, uh, one of the things that touched him when he heard the gospel and he heard that God made the world and that God made us, uh, he says one of the things that touched him was he had never heard before where he came from. And, and he, was, he said, I used to, you know, as, as a boy I would ask, and uh, Thais don't ask a lot of questions because to ask questions too much in Asian culture can be perceived as being rebellious or overstepping your mark or disrespectful to those. Uh, you know, it can be out of place. And so uh, he, had, he said, I'd ask my father, where did we come from? And he said, my father didn't know. He couldn't answer. And he said, I went to my grandmother, now the sort of matriarchal head of the family, uh, who presided over, you know, six sons who had six children each themselves and all of that, and was, was kind of a, a elder, lovely lady I knew, uh, in the village. So I went to my grandmother and I asked her, where do we come from? And uh, she said, I don't know. And he said, when I heard that we came from God and God made us, I thought to myself, why, in his words, why I not know the God who made me? Why, why I not know? And then he said, when it was explained to me that sin had cut us off from God, uh, I wanted to know, how can I get to know the God who made me? And he will tell you, you know, Pastor Jimmy explained Jesus was the bridge by which we get back to God, but... but People, people, people don't know, and uh, and uh, and we can get overwhelmed by the the multitudes. Uh, you know, ninety five percent just like Joe, four uh, uh, percent uh, Muslim, just because they're sort of from that area. Again, mostly born into it, uh, and it's just all over. Laos, seven million. Cambodia, sixteen million. Uh, Vietnam has ninety three million more people. Uh, then Thailand. These countries are very close together, so you can, you know, you can drive from from Thailand across into Cambodia. You can drive across to Vietnam. You'll probably fly in that way. Uh, Burma, just to the north of Thailand, has 53 million people. Uh, Malaysia has 32 million. Indonesia has 280 million. The world's largest Muslim country, you know, near us, really, just regionally very close to us. The Philippines has 103 million, and like the disciples, we can get sort of overwhelmed at the numbers. And so what, what's, what, what's the answer to that? Well, the, the answer, I think, in uh, John 4.35 is where Jesus said, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And let me read that again with an emphasis. Uh, Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. And look on the fields, for they're white or ready to harvest. The, the answer to overwhelming numbers that all this represents is to start with what God has put in front of your eyes. So God understands that you, 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 you may not be able to immediately evangelize 7 billion people. You, you probably can't even sort of get that in your mind. I couldn't. Uh, but you start with a right response to what God puts in front of you. So what has God shown you? What has, God, what has crossed your path in life? Uh, everybody cannot support uh, every mission endeavor in the world. But we've not had every missionary in the world come here. Uh, we've not, we've not, we don't hear about every mission project in the world. 
Actually, God just brings some things to us. And, uh, and that visits us with the idea that we're to lift up our eyes. And uh, I think the sovereignty of God, which I, I don't fear, it's one of his attributes, I'm glad for it, uh, works to bring certain things in front of us, certain places. Uh, whether you were born in Australia or you came here another way, uh, nonetheless, this is the region that you are located in. So we have a particular responsibility to the islands and to our region. Uh, whenever I'm in America, they talk about Mexico all the time. Uh, they don't talk much about Canada, but they, they talk about Mexico all the time. And, uh, and they send a lot of missionaries to Mexico. And I think, well, so you should. You, you share a border with them. Uh, you probably stole their land, but you... you sh- is that on live streaming? Just watch that. Uh, just a little joke. Uh, we don't mean that. There's always yours. And, uh, uh, you know, Mexico's right there uh, on their border. Well, they should have a burden for that. I mean, they can... It's a land crossing. They Imagine. Uh, if we could do that with New Zealand, don't imagine too much, but... But uh, thankful for that body of water. But um, uh, they should be burdened. It's their region. Mexico has millions and millions and millions of people. And uh, it's uh, third world, borderline third world in many places. Uh, It's right that they they are conscious of that. But we are in Australia. And uh, Australia, we have a different region around us. And and, uh, unlike, unlike Indonesia... Uh, you were not, uh, unless you were, you were not born uh, into that kind of system where you just grew up uh, Muslim because that's all you knew. God put us in Australia and uh, despite the uh, rewriting of our history, uh, Australia was settled by, uh, you know, the English uh, and many of them uh, had uh, Christian convictions and background and understanding and uh, this country was shaped based on those values. Now, none of that meant that you were automatically born a Christian if you were born here. But let's just say we, we, we started with a few more opportunities. Can we at least say that? We, we, we started with a bit more than you probably would start if you started in Malaysia or Indonesia or uh, Papua New Guinea or Vanuatu. We, 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 we started with a bit more. So what comes with that also is a responsibility that, uh, that there is a, there is a, a light down here uh, over this, uh, this uh, land that, li- that we, are, we know some things and uh, we should be concerned about our region. And so as God puts things in front of your eyes, then uh, that's, that's where you start. So you, you start with, uh, you know, you start with, you start with what you can do. I was looking for my faith promise card. Uh, it's there. But uh, you start with, uh, you know, well, this is our church and we do faith promise. So this is in front of me. So, yes, I can get overwhelmed by millions, but I can do something. I can do this. Or, or God would have me to contribute to this way, to this thing. Uh, we, you start with what's in front of you. That's, that's how you avoid being just so overwhelmed because the danger is when you get so overwhelmed with the numbers, you're most likely to do nothing. And, you, and that's not appropriate. We have to do something. So we want to be careful about that. We don't want to have send them away, you know, mentally send them away. Uh, we, want to, we want to do our part. The Lord is very much in this. It matters to him. And uh, I can remember, you know, was it... Uh, Pastor Kumbi here on a Wednesday night. It's good to hear him. Glad that Pastor had him in the pulpit here. I don't think I've ever heard him preach, but I remember meeting him on my first ever trip to Papua New Guinea. Uh, he was at the conference that I had gone to, and, and I was sitting over there, and he said, uh, will you remember when Pastor Shemish went to the mission field? And, and I, I remember, because I remember too. I remember... I remember I was telling Curtis, I said, one of those pastors, one of the Papua New Guinea pastors who I dearly love, he yelled at me. I don't want to say he abused me, but I might as well, it's national to say that, isn't it? He, I, I, I was psychologically abused. I was emotionally, there's, there's probably a benefit for that. And uh, I, was, uh, I was abused and I'm, 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 I'm recovering from religious abuse. 
And so um, he, uh, he, he got very forthright with me and yelled at me and told me I shouldn't be going to Thailand. And, uh, and my family said, well, how did you respond to that? I said, well, I should have listened. That's what I felt. When Kumbi was saying up here and we were thinking, you know, he's got a church, what is he doing? I was sitting there thinking, I should have listened. I, 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 they were probably right. I don't know. But, but uh, you know, uh, you just start with what God puts in front of you. Uh, and God put something in front of me that I wasn't planning for that to happen. I didn't know that that was going to happen. I think I've shared with you before, I was a very unlikely candidate to end up uh, in, in the place where we are. Uh, I was not sensitive. I, 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 I don't, I did, wasn't I disliked Asian people, but I thought that they all ran Chinese restaurants somewhere. That was as much as I really knew. That's the truth. I was profoundly ignorant. Uh, it was a different day. And uh, I was just the most unlikely candidate. But God put some things in front of me and in combination with the Spirit of God touching me about that, it was, well, what's the right response with this? I remember when I took my first trip to Papua New Guinea uh, and uh, preaching, and the preaching ended and nobody went home. Uh, the altar call was over and I'd been moved by being in the service. Uh, I didn't want to go, uh, but I was, I was moved by being in the service that first night. I can remember the, the smell of the smoke of cooking fires all across uh, Medang. Uh, right from when we landed, and I said to uh, Pastor, I said, uh, you know, I was talking for a while, and turned around and realized the whole church was still sitting there. And I said, Pastor, uh, is there another speaker? It's the service. He said, no, no, we're, we're done. And I said, uh, all the people are still sitting there. And he said, mm. and I said, uh, uh, why are they still here? And he said, uh, you know, they're thinking about the message. They don't want to lose the truth that was given to them. And there was a soberness and a somberness across the, the church. And here's all those people sitting there and some of the men, you know, and they're meditating on what they heard. And I said, Pastor, how long will they stay? And he said, oh, you know, two three hours maybe they will stay then they will start to go and as I saw that and I saw the response to uh, the word of God and, and, uh, and the, uh, the reception of the blessedness as God gave out how much they wanted it and then as I sat with those pastors and they said uh, oh we need a Bible school or something but we don't have anyone uh, my first trip to Papua New Guinea, I came home. We were living at Brendale, and, uh, and I prayed and fasted. And I said, uh, God, do you want me to go to Papua New Guinea? Uh, now, I didn't tell anybody that. I, did, I was pastoring the church. I didn't tell the church. Uh, but I, I began to fast and I pray, and I put a time limit on it. I said, Lord, if you want me to go to Papua New Guinea, uh, show me within this time because... Uh, if you don't, I don't want this to be protracted because I have a local church. I have a ministry I need to give myself to and I don't want to be, have two minds. So can you make, but if you want me to go, I'll go. And so I surrendered to go to Papua New Guinea, but the offer wasn't taken up by the Lord. Uh, the PNG people never knew about it. It wasn't their decision. It was the Lord's. But, but it was just my response to what God put in front of me. And then when I went to the Philippines, I was moved about what I saw in the Philippines. And, uh, and, but I didn't, feel to, 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 I didn't feel to pray was I meant to go to the Philippines. I didn't really feel I was, I, that was to come to me. Maybe I just got a little further down the road by then. But I did say, God, what can I do to help here? What, what can I do? Uh, with what you've shown me. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I went to Thailand and I saw uh, Thai people and, uh, and I began to be moved by that. And I, I really, honestly, I didn't really pray about that for a long time. People were coming to me and they were saying, uh, oh, pastor, 
pastor, we know what's going to happen. And I'd say, nothing is going to happen. And they'd say, no, no, we can see it. You're, you're going to go to Thailand. I said, I'm not going to go to Thailand. That's what I'd say. Well, I can't help it. I wasn't very spiritual back then. And, uh, but I just didn't see it. Uh, but, 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 but the burden increased. And finally, I just, it was a response to what God had put in front of me. Now, I look back on that and realize probably a lot of that hung on a single meeting. Uh, is, it, it, I would say this, in a separate sense, my meeting with Doug Fisher profoundly changed much in my life and much in the life of the church and, and has, it, was very, it was divinely orchestrated but it easily could have never happened. It happened at a McDonald's. He was flipping burgers, looking for a way out in life, and I just happened to be there. It's a, it's a long story and another time. But, uh, but if, that, 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 if that hadn't happened, and it was, the, the Thailand was like a single, if it had not happened. I'm just saying, in the face of overwhelming numbers, what do you do? You just say, well, Lord, what have you put in front of me? What, what would, what would you, you can't do everything everywhere. But God, what, what do you want me to do? And, uh, and then uh, you see here that they said, send them away. Uh, there's nothing to eat. Their mind was, look, it's a desert place, which there's no resources. It's the end of the day. Uh, there are hungry people here, uh, and they have nothing to eat. So, you know, send them away. And, and can I say this in regard to the field and really to the multitudes? Uh, some people uh, see people. And some people see problems. And you can be looking at the same thing. You can be looking at the same thing as in front of you, but some people see problems and some people can see people. And that's what was different there. Now, the reality is, the reality is both were present. The reality is in ministry and in serving the Lord, both will always be present. You will have problems and you will have people that were both there. But some people only see problems, and, but some people can see the people. Now, I know when my heart starts to get, uh, well, I know that one of the things that can make my heart hardened to the field is when problems of the field overwhelm me. So, so when the mission field becomes, in my mind, associated with unending problems, that can affect how I feel about working there, just being truthful. Right? I said to Brother Jeremy, and I've said to many missionaries, the place you most enjoy the mission field is from a distance. From a distance, you romanticize it. Just give it long enough and I might pick up the Thai flag and do something or, you know, from a, from a, just give it long enough. From, from a distance, you do that. But when you get there, uh, very quickly, it just becomes doing life in another place that is more problematic than the one you came from, where it's harder than where you were where people, you know, it's more difficult than the people and all of that. So the danger is that like the disciples, you see problems instead of seeing people. And I pray that you would guard your heart to not let that happen. Because when that happens, your compassion and your commitment to the work will diminish. You, you, you will get overwhelmed by what you just get. It starts to harden you up. And uh, I've, I've often, every now and then God will sort of break through to me when I'm getting overwhelmed with the problems and, and touch me again with some of the people. And, and uh, the Lord always knows what works to touch you. He knows how to put your thigh out of joint. Uh, I was on the phone today to uh, Thai Airways and, uh, and I called, I didn't call Thai Airways in Australia, I called Thai Airways in Bangkok. So I called Thai Airways in Bangkok, I was trying to arrange a booking and I was on the phone for an enormous amount of time uh, with a lovely girl, uh, just a lovely, just sweet, you know, really, really lovely and sweet. 
and they always sound particularly sweet when they're speaking in broken English, but doing it to the best they possibly can. And I just have a heart for them. And it touched me. And I thought, I really love these people. And uh, you say, what? No, not a lot more than that. And then uh, the Thai Airways call gave me a problem with the Thai bank. So then when I got off the phone, I had to call uh, the bank in Thailand. So I called the Thai bank in Thailand and Bangkok, and I'm on the phone again, and it's, it's uh, press 1 for uh, Pasa Thai, if you want Thai uh, language, press 9 for English. I thought, let's just do this in English. And uh, so I pressed 9, and... Uh, finally got through and a young fellow, I don't know if he was young, he sounded younger, fellow answered it and he's the English guy for banking problems. So you know all the angry white people call this guy. And so, so, so all the people who sort of comparing standards from their country's banking to the madness of Thailand and he receives all those calls. And so he's answering the phone and I'm talking to him and he's leading me through the steps to try to get resolution and he's being incredibly patient, and, uh, and we're talking me through, and, uh, and we're, we're going through it, and then finally there's a gap while we're waiting, and he says, uh, uh, Sir, uh, uh, where, where are you? And I said, I'm, I'm in Australia. Uh, what city are you, you in? And I said, I'm in Brisbane. He said, oh, I, I don't know. I study in Sydney for two years. I said, oh, you studied in Sydney for two years. He said, yes, when I went there, I couldn't speak one word of English, but I learned English in Sydney. And I said, well, your English is very good. And uh, he said, oh, I don't think so. I said, well, it's a lot better than my Thai. And he laughed. And then he said, uh, where are you? Uh, wh- where in Thailand do you stay? And I said, well, we're in Nakhon Sawan. And uh, he said, no. I said, yeah, Nakhon Sawan. He goes, I'm from Nakhon Sawan. And I said, really? Are you really from Nakhon Sawan? Yes, of course, I am from Nakhon Sawan. And uh, I, said, uh, I said, are you from the city or outside the city? Now, if you're outside the city, you're a hick. And I shouldn't have asked that. And so he goes, from the city, of course, was his answer. I said, of course. And uh, I said, I live in the city too. And uh, so I told him where I live. And he said, oh, are you beside the Nakhon Sawan school? Yes, yes. And uh, he said, what do you do? And I told him. And then the funniest thing, here I am on the phone. <laughs> with the banking guy from, and he says, please, can you give me a job? And I was like, and he said, because I want to leave this job very much. Now, prior to this, we've had, this call is being recorded for your customer, see? And he's, uh, because I want to leave this job very much. And I said, uh, well, he said, because really every day I have problem with people here. And uh, I said, I can imagine it's, it's very, and to a Thai, this is like, this is a near-death experience, that life is serious and problematic every day. They just don't handle that well. And uh, anyway, we had a chat, and I got, and you know what I thought when I hung up? I thought, I really like those people. And I, and I smiled, and, and just, it touched my heart, because I kind of understand them, and I understand their psychology and how they think, and, and to me, they're like children that just, that just, just, kind of need someone to care and to, to uh, and I'm just saying, I want to feel that way. Because if you catch me at another day, the problems of the field can so get on top of me that I can, I don't want to say I hate Thai people, but I can get very uh, hardened to, it just gets like, it can, his, his, it can represent pain. Are we Okay. I said, this is not very, I'm just, this is, talk to your missionary. It can represent pain. So what I want, I don't want the Lord to allow that to happen to me. And I want to look, and I want to say this, look, when I look at this thing, I want to see people, not just problems. In reality, both are there. Both are there. Uh, When I go back, both will be there. But I want God to keep the people uh, at the forefront of my of my thinking. When you think about missions, uh, think about people, and think about that's what really it's about. And let, let me let me just sort of finish with: uh, they say to Jesus, "Send them away." Okay, and his response to the to them in verse uh, thirty-seven: "Give ye them to eat." Now you you have to understand that that would be 
I don't think that would be, uh, you know, the top seven answers for what someone will say if you say send them away. You know, I, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think that would feature uh, on the list. But he says, give ye them to eat, and I think that would just shock. And I, and I imagine you would be, and they were like. There's nothing here. If, if we had thousands of dollars, we couldn't buy what is needed here. And, 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 and what he was saying to his disciples was, it is not acceptable for you to say, there's nothing I can do. It is, it is not acceptable. It is not the Christian way to dismiss a need as being overwhelming and too big and we're under-resourced and I'm beyond capacity. And not only that, I'm tired and it's my day off and just, you know, enough's enough. And he's teaching us that that is not acceptable. And when he said to them, give you them to eat, it was staggering in, in, in response to this many. All right, let me, let, me, let me put it in a missions conference context. Uh, give the gospel to India. Are you joking? There's a billion people up there. What, what, I, how am I, you know, just, what can I do about that? Go, give the gospel to Burma. Oh, Burma. I, 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 I couldn't do that. That's just overwhelming. You know, give, 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 give ye them to eat. Me, give them to eat. Well, if I had millions of dollars and bought a TV station and broadcast the gospel into there, I don't know how many of them have TV. And, you know, you can think of all the reasons why to do nothing, but the Lord is saying, you have to do something. And that's, that's what was going on here. Now, we know the story, but, but it's like, no, no, we're not going to send them away. Do something about it. And that's what this thing is about. Mission, missions is about you responding to a lot of people who have no bread. A lot of people who have no bread. And Jesus is saying, give them, give them. And we can say, well, I, 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 I you know, what, what are you saying? And here's what he said, okay, what do you have? Go find out what you have. And I don't even think they knew, this is it. This is the feeding of the 5,000. You know, this is it. We're going we're gonna to go back and say, you know, uh, uh, you know, five loaves, two fishes, and he's going to... Dist- I don't think they knew what that was going to come to. I, I, I don't even know they understood, but I think they went, and I think they came back, and I don't know if they knew what this was really going to help, but they said five and two, and then he says, okay, go and sit everybody down. And I don't think even then that people knew what was coming. I think this was all just... Uh, no one understood what was about to happen. No one understood that God was in that place. God, was, God had arrived. And something miraculous was going to happen that would see people get bread and they would be filled. And they all sat down like that and people, no one understood it. But then, then Jesus took what they gave up and uh, it didn't seem sufficient for so many. But given into his hands, he distributed what they gave by his power and people were filled. And that's, that's what it's about. It's about us uh, not saying, send them away. It's, it's about us not saying, well, what are we amongst so many? But it's to take what we have and give what you have to the Lord. And nobody will be sorry who does that. Give, give what you have to the Lord. Give, 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 and then he'll take that. And he'll do something wonderful with it. Now, we, we have been involved as a local church. We've been involved in missions all over the world. We've helped with projects. We've kept people on the field. 
we've, 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 we've been a, a hospital for those who've been weary and needed a place to rest. We, we've been actively engaged in missions. Uh, in Nakhon Sawan, we, we, this church, th- those who support, uh, we've planted another church. And, uh, and we need to understand the reality that we've done that, that this church produced another church. And in fact, that church will be meeting in about 40 minutes' time for their midweek service. And, uh, and people that we, that we distributed bread to and who received of it and have been filled are now going to tell others about the bread of life and how they can be filled also. And they'll stand in the pulpit in absence tonight of their missionary, uh, in absence of their piano player, uh, but they will come, they will sing songs they'd never heard of before in their life that they had to learn word by word, line by line, follow the music when they got saved. And they've learned those songs that give praise to him and tonight, uh, in our absence, a local church will meet uh, that will sing. There will be preaching of the Word of God tonight that will help people. At the end of that service, uh, everyone in the church will, will pray tonight. They'll pray for the lost. They'll pray for those in need. They'll pray that God would use them. And I'm just saying the biblical pattern is Christians produce Christians and churches produce churches. And that's how it's meant to happen. And so we've done that. But it was sacrificial. Uh, there was labor. Uh, uh, there, was never, there, was never, there was never perfection. It was not like anybody was particularly trained at knowing how to do this, but... God did it, and that's what we have to keep doing, is uh, that we stay engaged with missions, we care about people in other places. Uh, it might be that God is dealing with some about going. And, and can I say that that just might be seasonal, as in it might be about the season where God is just going to pick some fruit from here and take the seed in that fruit and put it somewhere else. It just might be, it might be timely. It might be the Lord's timing. And uh, if God is calling you to serve in another place, you don't have to have everything together. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to be super competent to know how you're going to do everything. You don't have to be that. But if you are surrendered and willing and God has called you and you're sent out, then you will fulfill the part for which you were shaped. So let's do our part. Let's keep going. Let's pray over our faith promise cards. Let's not be weary in well-doing. Let's keep going right up until the Lord comes. Uh, May they come in and take our empty building and still see our flags hanging uh, when we're gone. Amen. Pastor.